good. The time is 7.02. We are starting the meeting of the San Leandro City Council for January 2nd, 2024. Um, we know that Councilmember Bowen may participate via teleconference from a business center at Harris Lake Tahoe Hotel at 15 Highway 50, State Line, Nevada. Uh, we have Vice Mayor Azevedo who may join and request a just cause circumstance exemption. And so we will take that in just a second. But first thing that I'm going to do is lead us in a Pledge of Allegiance. We could take the roll, please. Councilmember Aguilar. Is it? Councilmember Ballou. Is it? Councilmember Bowen. Councilmember Simon. Councilmember Azevedo. Vice Mayor Azevedo. Present. Mayor Gonzalez? Present. Please note all members are present except for Councilmember Bowen. And if you would please just let us know for the record when she arrives. Thank you. Uh, at this point in time, uh, going to remind our public, especially for those that are new, that we follow an agenda. We will take the items in order. And if you'd like to speak on items, obviously bring a card and present it to the clerk prior to that item. Why prior to the item? Because we allocate time based on the number of cards that we've received and the number of hands that are raised online. Um, in, uh, as a reminder also for what's printed on our agenda, we will take 30 minutes of public comment and that's comment for items that are not on our agenda for the day. We'll go ahead and take that for 30 minutes. Then we will make sure that we take care of the business that we need to take care of and we will continue with public comment after item 15. Uh, at this point in time, Madam Clerk, would you please read your announcement? Yes. Thank you, Mayor. If you wish to speak during public comment and are attending the meeting in person, please fill out a speaker card and hand it to the city clerk before the item is heard. As a reminder, per the published city council agenda for this meeting, when we reach item nine public comments, there will be 30 minutes for comments, then the council will continue with the business of this meeting. The remaining speakers will be heard after item 15 city council reports. To participate in public comment via Zoom, when the item is called, use the raise your hand tool or press star nine if calling from a phone. Public comment will be taken from those participating in person first, then on Zoom. Speakers will be invited to speak. You will ha have two minutes to speak and a countdown timer will appear for your convenience. When the time is up, the microphone will be muted. To avoid confusion before public comment for each item, all hands raised will be lowered. Once public comment is opened, hands may be raised to speak. Thank you. One other item, I think there's been some confusion in the past on the uh, expression public comment. So we have two types of public comment that happen at our meeting. One set of public comment is the public is commenting on items that are on our agenda. So we get to item number uh, 12 or 13 and the public, you're, you're invited to give your input into our decision-making process. There's also public comment, which is item number nine, for items that are not on our agenda. So by Brown Act, by state law, we take in the information, but we do not engage in a dialogue around public comment. So just be aware that there are constraints and that they're handled differently. With that being said, I'd like to move on to 
Item number three on our agenda. We have no recognitions today. Is there another now? Uh, oh, yes. So we do have an announcement from our vice mayor. Vice Mayor, do you have an announcement to make? Yes, I do. Under the Brown Act Government Code Section 54953F2AI, I will attend tonight's meeting remotely under the Just Cause provisions because of a potential COVID-related illness. There are no other individuals 18 years of age or older present with me in the room. That's it. Thank you. Thank you for that. Sorry for not calling on you earlier. Uh, we've done item number three, as there are no recognitions today, and I'm looking for any amendments to the consent calendar, if there are any. Council Member Aguilar, please. I'd like to pull item 5E. I have a request to pull item 5E. Are there any other items that folks would like to pull? Okay. Do I have a motion for the consent calendar and then I will take public comment? Uh, Council Member Blue, please. Thank you, Mr. Mayor, I move the consent calendar with the exception of 5E. Thank you. Council Member Aguilar. I'll second. Okay, so at this point in time, I'd like to move to public comment on our consent calendar. Madam Clerk, do we have any comments on consent calendar? Mr. Mayor, I have two public comments, but they're for item 5E, so we will hear them after this. You? And no public comment online. Okay. So with that, I will close public comment and move specifically to uh, any further discussion by council. Seeing no indications of interest in comment, let's vote. Uh, Mr. Mayor, Councilmember Bowen has joined the meeting. Thank you. Councilmember Simon, can you vote, please? Okay. Um, Councilmember Vice Mayor Azevedo, your vote, please. Aye. Councilmember Bowen, your vote, please. Aye. Um, okay. So, okay. Councilmember Aguilar, no. Councilmember Azevedo, yes. Councilmember Ballou, yes. Councilmember Bowen, yes. Councilmember Simon, yes. Councilmember Gonzalez, yes. Motion passes five to one with Councilmember Aguilar voting no. Okay. So at this point in time, we will move to items removed from the consent calendar and take up item 5E. So Council Member Aguilar. Thank you, <clears throat> thank you, Mayor Gonzalez. I just, um, uh, can you, who was, our, who was our representative that we're replacing? Who are we replacing? I'm sorry, for the, for this position? Yes. So it's it's open, and I have nominated Nicholas Foster. And do we have um, who currently sits in the seat? 
I believe it is Benny Lee. Is that correct? Okay. Um, I would like to continue to see Benny Lee um, on the seat. That's why I pulled the item. So I will be um, supporting Benny Lee in this item. Vice Mayor, please. I concur with, with Councilmember Aguilar because we have former Councilmember Bainey Lee who served for eight years on the Noise Forum and the last three years as our citizen rep. His Noise Forum peers have resoundingly nominated him as co-chair during his tenure as Councilmember and now as San Leandro City Rep. So I I think that he should be able to stay on there. He's has the experience. Yes, I, I, I wish, I wish you would have reached out to him when he applied. So that's my comments. Councilmember Simon. Uh, yeah, I'd like to also support show my support for Councilmember, excuse me, former Councilmember Benny Lee, who was on the Airpoint Norris Commission previously. I was a former. Uh, representative as a city council member on that commission. And I've witnessed council member, former council member, Benny Lee in that position. And he's very knowledgeable, uh, has very good relationships with the staff and making some good progress to help us here in San Leandro. So I think uh, I would support council member Aguilar's recommendation. Council member Blue. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. I concur with all my colleagues and what they've said about uh, the Honorable Benny Lee. He does do a good job on the noise forum as well as other things he's involved with. But I'm wondering if there's an opportunity to table this item um, until another a next meeting or a future meeting, because the person that was nominated, I know nothing about. I don't know about his qualifications. I didn't see an application. I could have missed that because we get a thousand pages every two weeks. And I apologize if I missed that. But I, I definitely want to get a chance to look at the qualifications between both of them before I make a decision. I don't know if that's possible or not, but I will. Um, I would like to move to table this till the first meeting in February, if that's possible, and if there's a second. Well, I, I would second that if the problem is that there's been a lack of review of the information of Mr. Foster. As Mr. Foster brings qualifications, specific experience with SFO around uh, noise and other items. I was approached by Mr. Foster. Uh, Mr. Lee never reached out to me, so I'm not quite sure exactly what's going on here. And I'd, I'd be happy to second that motion. Is there anyone else that would like to discuss this item? Yes. Seeing no more discussion, additional discussion? Put yourself in. Thank you, Mary Gonzalez. I think my question is for the city attorney. If, if we move forward um, with uh, no support to support this candidate in that sense, does Benny Lee stay on the commission? Thank you, Councilmember Aguilar. He must continue to serve, and he can't continue to serve as until his successor is appointed. It's been the practice, that's for sure. Okay, thank you. Okay, at this point in time, I'll take public comment on the item.
Benny Lee. No, now it is. Thank you. My name is uh, Benny Lee. I'm a former council member for District 4. Uh, council member Simon has taken over the role and thank you for your service and thank you for all your service. Uh, I want to thank the council for pulling this item 5B because it's a very important nomination. I understand experience. I had served on uh, the noise forum for eight years and served as co-chair because of the, the support of my peers. After the council, uh, as, after the council term, Mayor Cuddy saw fit to appoint me as the citizen rep for the last three years. And uh, with the support of my peers, I became the co-chair again. This role requires a lot of knowledge experience and candor in terms of providing answers and guidance to the public in terms of the issues that we have with the noise forum. Currently, my term as, uh, including my council term, I have served 11 years on the noise forum. It's the longest term that anybody has served, and I've done so with a lot of, uh, a lot of accolades. This is a highly technical role where you need full awareness of technical details, lights, flight, noise, history programs, and legislation to be effective. That's what I brought to the table. During my term, I initiated programs that have been embraced and are in place today, including achieving 100% compliance on half of the flights, a metric never achieved previously. There are other programs I've initiated that includes noise one-on-one -on -one education and working with the FAA to supply our citizen groups with technical data and GIS files, of which I have the skills to work upon. Mayor Gonzalez, I understand that this is under your authority and to nominate with consent of the uh, council to appoint uh, as you see fit, but I implore you to consider this appointment. I have 11 years. I definitely have a lot of experience. There are certain uh, programs that we're still pushing forward, and I would like to continue as the citizen rep. This is not a political role. It's a role that has public service. And Thank you. Your time is up. Robert Bulatow. Hello, Council. Uh, good evening. So, people over politics. Benny Lee is San Leandro's first Asian American city council member and also a pillar of leadership in the Asian community. Like Benny said, until he was on a noise control um, management forum, San Leandro would never reach that 100% noise compliance. And after he had gone on, over half of the, um, the flights had reached that noise compliance rate. And this is a big accomplishment. Not only that, there are many complex laws that are already in place from the FAA, which someone would need knowledge of unless they were just another yes man to the airline industry. We need a leader like Benny who has the technical know-how, legal understanding, and leadership qualities to continue this work. Replacing him without consulting him um, it just feels unprofessional. Um, I see it as politics over people when really we need people over politics. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Mayor, there's no more public comment. So we have a motion on the floor to table this item. Is there any discussion? Okay, let's vote. Councilmember Bowen, your vote, please. Yes. 
Vice Mayor Azevedo, your vote, please. Yes. Councilmember Aguilar, no. Vice Mayor Azevedo, yes. Councilmember Ballou, yes. Councilmember Bowen, yes. Councilmember Simon, no. Councilmember or Mayor Gonzalez, yes. Motion passes four to two. You, you know what? Can, can can I say something real quick? No. Can, can you I'm sorry, not to be rude. No. What? No. This is there's, there's nothing on the floor to be discussed. So item number seven, report on closed session action taken. No reportable closed uh, session actions were taken. Is there a city manager report today or city attorney report? No report. Okay, so let's move to our public comment. How many people, how many cards do we have for public comment? Mr. Mayor, we have 18 speaker cards. So we have 18 speaker cards and online I see two hands. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay, so our speakers today for public comment will be online Mitch Hoidema and Somaya. And then the 18 cards that you have in your possession. So we have 20 speakers under public comment today. Are there any others? Okay, so those will be our speakers today. Let us begin, as you had commented earlier, with the ones in process that you have that you're holding in person. We will then take them for 30 minutes, at which point we'll break, return to our council business, and then continue. Because there are so many, I will call a couple people up at a time. Scott Johnson, Eric Simpson, and then Ellen Brickley. Hello, I've uh, come to the last couple of council meetings to uh, request that the city council uh, discuss and take up an emergency resolution to calling for a ceasefire in, uh, in Gaza. And I come back today to make the same request. Um, this is an emergency situation for a number of reasons. One of them, which is very striking, is that the Israeli finance minister in the last week announced that he feels that Gaza should have no more than 100 to 200,000 Arabs living there. There are currently 2.2 million so this would be a reduction of 90 to 95% of the population of Gaza. This is ethnic cleansing. This is genocide. Unsurprisingly, South Africa has invoked the Genocide Convention and uh, uh, referred, referred Israel to The Hague for uh, acting to commit and carry out a genocide. This is an emergency situation the people in San Leandro want, uh, want discussed and want our voices heard uh, that this is important to us. Now, the, you may notice there's very few students here tonight. Uh, the students who have come to the last two meetings have felt very disrespected and not heard by the city council, especially at the last meeting. They've gone, most of them have gone to Alameda because Alameda does have an item on the agenda uh, to discuss this very issue. And so they wanted to go to show their support for other Alameda youth and community members. Now, I have heard that there are other people in the Muslim community in San Leandro who have reached out to a number of you, and I'm very excited about that. And I would just ask that you treat them with respect, that you listen to them, you consider how serious an issue this is about who they represent, and uh, we can move forward on this issue. I'd like to see an emergency resolution or some kind of resolution. 
I would like to see something. I think the idea of doing nothing is, is, is really problematic. I think we would like to see the city council do something to represent what we're asking for. And if there needs to be a conversation, great. If there can be emergency resolution tonight, even better. Thanks. Thank you. Eric Simpson, Ellen Brickley, and Margaret Trow. Uh, could I cede my time to Margaret Trow? No, you cannot. Okay. Um, my name is Eric Simpson. And I, uh, I'm a trade unionist. I work at the Ghirardelli Chocolate Factory, and I'm a member of the Socialist Workers' Party. Um, I am here to address the issue uh, that's been put before the council here of uh, uh, what the previous speaker just spoke about, the, the proposal that San Leandro go on record for a ceasefire uh, between Israel and Hamas, and I'm opposed to that. I'm opposed to the idea that uh, we should advocate a ceasefire. I think it's important that working people do take a stand on the uh, horrible crime that was committed against Jews by Hamas uh, death squads on October 7th, which is an issue of uh, very big importance for working people. Um, the issue of Jew hatred and uh, is used uh, to divide uh, working people one from another. And uh, the crimes of Hamas are motivated strictly by Jew hatred and have no justification. Um, so for that reason, uh, you know, I would like to address the issue of uh, why I don't think San Leandro should go on record in favor of a ceasefire. I think Israel should stand up for its right to exist. Thank you. Ellen Brickley, Margaret Trow, and Joel Britton. Okay, there should really be no commentary out there making people feel uncomfortable expressing their point of view. Uh, we've had that as our standard throughout many, many years here. It's really important that we create a space where everybody can speak, be heard, feel comfortable. So please help us maintain that environment in our chamber. Thank you. I appreciate uh, that we have an open discussion, and uh, I think that's important here and all around. Um, my name is Ellen Berkeley. I'm also a trade unionist. I'm a member of the Socialist Workers Party, and our party stands against the call for a ceasefire. We think Israel has a right to exist and a right to defend itself and be a refuge for the Jewish people from around the world. Israel was born out of a necessity that was fostered during, before, during, and after the Holocaust. Imperialist countries around the world denied entrance to the Jewish people and left them to be slaughtered um, in Europe. So um, I think this is important that Israel, looking back at that history, that Israel exists and that we support its right to exist. Thank you. Thank you. Margaret Tro, Joel Britton, Camille Santana. My name is Margaret Trow. I'm a longtime trade unionist. I work around the corner uh, at the factory that makes chocolate, and I'm uh, in the baker and confectionery workers union. The question of 
supporting Israel's right to exist and opposing Hamas and is a, a question that affects the labor movement. Um, think about what happened October 7th. 1,200 Jews were massacred, organized by Hamas and organized by the reactionary government in Iran. Uh, and it was a turning point in history, and it requires a response from working people. That pogrom had one objective, to kill, maim, rape, or take hostage as many Jews as possible, and to call for the annihilation of Israel. The fight against Jew hatred is a life or death question. And those, if, if you think about what, what it would mean to say that Israel should cease to exist at a time when attacks on Jews are increasing all over the world, including in the United States. It's, imp it's important to think about that. Um, if in the, the refusal of Washington to allow Jews into the U.S. in the 1930s, they had, they had a few, but they had quotas, and they turned away boatloads and boatloads and sent them back to Europe to die in the death camps. But also, the, the uh, working-class parties supported by Moscow in Europe blocked, blocked a fight. Thank you. Your time is up. Joel Britton, Camille Santana, Edmund Russell Manzano. So again, I want to be really clear. It's my role to have her stop. That's not your role. We had people run over who had a different point of view before. So let me take care of that. My name is Joel Britton. I live in San Leandro. <clears throat> I'm also a unionist, longtime trade unionist. This sub subject, this debate is very important for the trade union movement. And it's, there's a history going back to the 1930s and before of unions taking a stand like the Teamsters Union did in the 1930s and 38 in Minneapolis in response to the call of a rabbi there to oppose the silver shirts, which was an anti-union, anti-Jewish outfit that was called on by the, the, the bosses to come in and, and attack the union movement. And the, the, this set in a very important example. People can read about this in a book called Teamster Politics by Farrell Dobbs. Hamas has a terrible political continuity going back to the Jew-hating uh, Mufti, Grand Mufti, back in the from the 20s and the 30s and the 40s, and uh, is, is allied with uh, Iran, the government of Iran, which wants to uh, obliterate the state of Israel and and uh, the, the slogan, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, 
the, the, the real impact of that is, the real content of that is free of Jews. And uh, like other speakers have said, uh, Israel exists because of what happened with the Holocaust, the denial of refuge in advanced capitalist countries, including the United States. And uh, it has a right to exist and to defend. Thank you, your time is up. Camille Santana, Edmund Russell Manzano, and Margaret A. Good evening, my name is Camille Santana. I'm speaking on behalf of my family who lives in San Leandro, and I'm often here for family functions, and my kids are watched here in my family's home in District 5. I'm a tenured college faculty, a mother, and a member of an interfaith communities for ceasefire coalition, which is comprised of a variety of faith communities across the Bay Area. I am personally Catholic. The Pope has been calling for a ceasefire for months. Catholics want a ceasefire. Christians want a ceasefire. United Universalists want a ceasefire. Buddhists want a ceasefire. Methodists want a ceasefire. Muslims want a ceasefire. Jewish congregants want a ceasefire. JCRC does not represent all Jewish people. Estimates are they represent a minority of the Jewish community at about 20%. We are not asking for Israel to be gone. We're not asking for Jewish people to be gone. We want Palestinian people to live free and to live without threat of genocide. From the river to the sea is not a call for genocide on the Israeli people. It is not. The majority of Americans nationally want a ceasefire. It's about two-thirds. In San Leandro, this number is higher. Calling for a ceasefire in Palestine and Israel is not anti-Semitic. Calling for a ceasefire is a call for peace. We are calling for peace. For the record, there are over 20,000 Palestinians that have mur been murdered, 40% being children. In terms of Israeli deaths, we're looking at about 1,200 or so. Just to be on the record, we ask you to act with integrity and humanity, take a stand for peace, for justice, and the end of violence for Israelis and Palestinians. I have faith and hope that Israel and Palestine can live in peace, and I pray for this, and many pray daily. Every week, I see more and more people coming to my church because they don't know what to do about this. We are suffering. San Leandro Council members, you have an opportunity and a duty to pass a ceasefire resolution, and it matters. Every city that has done it, it matters. When many cities can do it, it matters. Please do this. Thank you. Edmund Russell Manzano, Margaret A. Uh, good morning. Uh, good evening, everyone. My name is Edmund. I grew up most of my life in San Francisco and grateful to have been taught and surrounded by community organizers, leaders, and educators like these youths that have been here the past few weeks. Um, I've been an East Oakland resident for nine years, and I am here today in support of the residents of San Leandro demanding a ceasefire resolution. I've been to the past three council meetings, including this one, listening to all of the Palestinians, Jewish, and allies who have been demanding a permanent ceasefire. I know that I'm not a San Leandro resident, and if you don't want to listen to me, I get it. But I want you to all to listen to the people behind me that you represent who has been asking you all to be human and help stop the genocide and displacement of the Palestinian people. The time to ask has passed us way long ago. Now we are demanding that you pass an emergency resolution for a permanent ceasefire immediately. Most people from walks of life have spoken and demanded a permanent ceasefire 
the only people that we haven't heard from until today were the Zionists, the so-called community that you do not want to face fear. The only reason why they are scared is because they know that the language that they spew comes from nothing but deep hate, ignorance, and terrorism. Anti-Zionism is not anti-Semitism, but Zionism is anti-Semitism, Islamophobic, and terrorism. We know that the city of San Leandro does not have the power to stop what is happening in Palestine, but when passing this resolution, the Bay Area will send a strong message to the state and our federal government to call for an immediate ceasefire and stop the genocide and killing of the all killing of the people of Palestine. I want to leave you with this one thing that stood for me from an interview with Dr. Omar Suleiman. He said, we have a president whose legacy will be genocide. I hundred ag agree and more because we also have politicians in so-called city. Thank you. Your time is up. Margaret A. Olivia Grejada and Zena. Um, hi, my comments will be short. I was born and raised in San Leandro. Um, and as a resident, I um, call for the city council to have moral courage and to have a motion for a ceasefire in the example of the UN General Assembly in December, um, in which 153 countries voted in favor of the ceasefire resolution. Um, I also want to note that this is not uh, in opposition to Israeli statehood, uh, nor does it condone um, terrorist actions. Uh, it is for peace, as has been mentioned by other supporters. Um, and I guess just to add, the Lemkin Institute for the Prevention of Genocide has issued a lot of reports that you guys can all read uh, labeling this genocide um, and in quite... Um, a holistic way looking at other genocides happening in South Sudan, happening in Azerbaijan, in context with a lot of um, with a lot of basically state-sanctioned violence around the world, which is how I see this. This is just another example of a legacy of states perpetuating violence um, against people. Um, and I guess this is a great time for people to consider what are the responsibilities of states towards people, towards the future we want to see. Do we act in fear or do we act for, you know, universal values for all people to live in safety and security with political enfranchisement? Um, I think it involves putting aside a lot uh, on, on all people. Uh, and yeah, that's it. Um, I was born and raised here. I call on you to adopt a ceasefire motion in the example of the UN General Assembly. Um, yeah, I cede my time. Thank you. Olivia Grajeda, Zaina, and then Nayef. My name is Olivia Grajeda, and I'm a first grade teacher at Washington Elementary and a resident of San Leandro. I see the faces of my students and the children of Gaza. <clears throat> I call on the city of San Leandro to demand a ceasefire and justice for Palestine. Not passing a resolution would be akin to normalizing genocide and the murder of millions. Thank you. Thank you. Zaina, Nayef. And Kristen. Good evening, Mayor and Council Members. I would wish you all a Happy New Year, but there's nothing happy or new about this year. Um, thanks to the continuing genocide in Gaza, 
I'm absolutely appalled that I have to stand up here again and tell you as our public workers that we, the people of San Leandro, demand that you <laughs> agendize and pass a ceasefire resolution. I'm going to go one step further, an emergency ceasefire resolution here tonight, if possible. My parents, who are Palestinian Christians, the last of our kind, came here from the West Bank to flee from the Israeli occupation and apartheid. As a contributing member to this city with my votes and tax dollars, my family wants to know why you all remained silent and have continued to stay silent while this genocide has been going on for 87 days. I am tired of seeing my tax dollars being stolen. $1.1 million alone from San Leandro goes to arming Israel to drop bombs on children. 11,000 children, more than 11,000 children have died at this point. Does that sit well with you at night? Tonight, as you're standing here and you're sitting here, does it sit well with you that children are being slaughtered? Because you, I think you guys are hoping that your silence will hope that we're, you know, deterred and we get exhausted and we just start staying at home from now on. And that is not the case. We are not going anywhere because make no mistake, silence is complicity. Your silence is contentment in the status quo. And you are not continue to be silenced when you're okay with just violence and ethnic cleansing taking place. You did not hesitate to pass a resolution when it came to Ukraine. Now, Oakland, Richmond, and more cities have passed resolutions. So I don't know what you're waiting for at this point. Um, and so your failure to represent us as the people and the public will be remembered. I hope you know that. Thank you. Thank you. Nayafa Boo, Kristen, and then Anna. Good evening, everybody. My name is Naif Abu. I'm here to ask an apology from the mayor to the crowd that were here the last meeting. You disrespected everyone, walked out the whole council member were looking at the sky and shaking their heads for what you did. And I, we ask what's going on. Nobody knew why. This is disrespectful for the public, disrespectful for the citizen of San Leandro. Your job is to listen to the people of San Leandro for their request and for their concerns. Second, you are not doing a very good job to the city. Crime is rising. Job lifting and stealing murders going up up in the city. Affair used to be the main pride of San Leandro. The mall was the biggest in Alameda County. Come junk, empty, scary to walk into it. Have you done anything to improve the situation for the San Leandro people? And really, I really, I'm not gonna leave till I hear an apology from you to the people who were here screaming and crying, and he didn't have any concern whatsoever for none of us. And this is, is disrespectful, and I need an apology. That's it. Thank you. Kristen, Anna, and Harmony. My name is Kristen Sai, and I'm here yet again to urge the council to adopt an emergency ceasefire resolution. This is the third city council meeting I've attended and something has yet to be done. At every meeting I've been to, countless of people have pleaded for a ceasefire, 
You cannot claim to serve the community if you aren't even listening to the majority of the people who take time out of their nights to fight for their or other communities. A ceasefire should in no way make anyone feel unsafe. It's a call for an end to the violence for everyone involved. Israel has killed more than 20,000 people in 2023. Israel has displaced 90% of Gaza's population. Israel is killing Palestinian children at a rate of 100 children per day. Israel has bombed two churches in less than three months. Israel has bombed over 100 mosques in Gaza. It, should not be, it, can, it could not be made clear that what is happening in Palestine is mass genocide. There is nothing that could be said to justify the mass bombings of schools, hospitals, homes, and sacred buildings. It could not be made clear that the ultimate goal of the Israeli government is not to find and kill Hamas, but to wipe out all of Palestine. It is not anti-Semitic to want innocent civilians to stop being killed. This is a call to stop the violence, not incite it onto the, onto the Jewish community. We in no way support Hamas, but October 7th was not the start of Israeli occupation. Palestine has been under Israel occupation for more than 75 years. Of course, Israel has a right to exist, but the existence of Israel does not equate to Palestinians being eradicated. So if your heart is really out to those losing their lives or their families or homes in Gaza, please pass a ceasefire resolution. Thank you. Thank you. Anna, Harmony, and then Musa. Anna? Hello. Um, so first I would like to make a comment. Um, please put soap in the woman's bathroom here. Um, there is no soap. Um, so I couldn't wash my hands. So I'm afraid I'm going to get COVID. Um, I mean, we're spending all these taxpayers' money um, so why don't you just put up soap, it's $5, instead of sending it to Israel to bomb children. Over 30,000 people have been killed. Half of them have been women and children. We're not asking you to do anything international. We're just asking you to act for a ceasefire. Ceasefires mean peace, and that's all it means. It's not against Jews. It's not against Israel. It's against just for the Palestinian um, that's all we're asking. And I know you're not going to do it. Even the majority of the people here have asked for ceasefire because your paycheck is run by Zionists. And I know you won't vote for it. I know how the politics works here and you're just going to vote against it because that's what you've been told to do. Even though majority of people at San Leandro County want ceasefire. Thank you. Thank you. Harmony, Musa. Hi, Ed. Hi, my name is Harmony. I'm also calling on the City Council of San Leandro to draft a resolution for a ceasefire in Gaza. It is the bare minimum that you can do to stand for Palestinian liberation and freedom. It is a global moral issue, but it's also a local issue. If you want your constituents to know that you care for them, that you care about your Arab, Muslim, Palestinian communities, you will act. Your actions of adopting an emergency resolution will build pressure on the federal government, on the Biden administration, and other elected officials to end the genocide and humanitarian crisis in Gaza. Your actions actually can contribute to that. Join Oakland and Richmond and other cities that are also doing this as well. I notice you have a sign that you're all sitting in front of. San Leandro stands united against hate. 
can you show us that you are united against hate, that you are united against genocide? We would all like to see that. Thank you. Thank you. Musa, Syed, and then Save. How's everybody doing once again? Um, here calling for a ceasefire. I want to just uh, start off by educating some of the older people that came and spoke earlier. Um, before, you know, Israel existed, Jewish people, Christians, Muslims used to live in peace. Actually, my family, my personal family are from Jerusalem. And they used to tell me how even people like Jewish people and Muslim people used to have each other's kids at each other's houses and watch like the most precious thing to them in each other's houses. This was, you know, before the state of Israel. And that's why even today you see so many Jewish people that are standing against the state of Israel because they know it's not what represents Jewish people. This is just a, a, another, another example of apartheid, just like what happened in South Africa. It's another example of fate, just like what happened in Nazi Germany. It's a kind of a repetition of what happened in Nazi Germany again. Um, you know, we're we're here just calling for you guys. I hope you guys make the right decision. These people that, that came and spoke, they're pretty old. They're not going to be voting pretty soon. The majority of the people that are voting are young people. And you see the ones, majority of people that spoke for, for ceasefire are these young people. So you guys, you guys have to represent us. These are, these are the ones that are saying this. You know, these, I know there's a very minority that are standing, you know, against Hamas, against yada, yada. I'm going to have to remind you who created Hamas. Israel created Hamas. I was not Hamas before Israel. You know, just so you guys know, another history lesson for you guys. You know, I know you guys are older than me, but I have to educate you guys. So um, I hope you guys could could take this word of advice and do the right thing because time is running out. People are dying. We need to call for a ceasefire now. Thank you. Thank you. Syed. And then Save or Save. Good evening. San, San Leandro stand united against hate. October 9th, we are fighting human animals and we are acting accordingly. You have Gallant, Israeli defense minister. October 13th, are you seriously asking me about Palestinian civilians? Naftali Bennett, former Israeli PM. October 13th. It is an entire nation out there that is responsible. This rhetoric about civilians not aware, not involved is absolutely not true. Isaac Herzog, Israeli president. October 13, right now, one goal, Nakba, a Nakba that will overshadow the Nakba of the 1948. Ariel Kellner, Israeli Knesset member, November 7th. You must remember what Amalek has done to you, a biblical call for complete destruction, death and destruction. Benjamin Netanyahu, Israeli PM. October 15, don't call them human animals because that would be insulting to animals. Mrs. Netanyahu, November 17, burn Gaza now. Nisim Waturi, Israeli deputy Knesset speaker. 30,000 People, civilians killed, including more than 10,000 children, 6,500 women, 60,000 people injured, including 9,000 children, 7,000 women, 7,000 Palestinians missing. In the occupied West Bank, there's no Hamas, by the way, 
at least 324 people killed, including more than 83 children, 3,800 people injured. Is that an operation against Hamas or is that ethnic cleansing? Thank you. Your time is up. Mr. Mayor, we will take this last in-person public speaker. Hello, thank you for giving us an opportunity to speak here today. I am in awe that you, my fellow human beings, require these people, your constituents, to continually come here and beg you to represent them and what they want, which is a resolution passing demanding a ceasefire in Palestine now. Just like you easily did for Ukraine, if, we, if our memories are not that short, a ceasefire is not only a moral issue, but it literally calls for peace. It calls for people to stop slaughtering a, another people. That is it. It is also a local issue, as San Leandrians are the ones funding the slaughter of innocent people with their hard-earned tax dollars. That money should be spent here on needed services, and we spend the money, we send the money there so they can have universal health care and free education. Some of your families can't even bury their dead with dignity, and you send the money so they can slaughter Palestinian innocents. Time and time again, we have come to our representatives to ask you for actual and honest representation. We call on you to adopt a ceasefire motion. I am a part of the San Leandro for ceasefire community, and we are increasingly concerned about the lack of progress that this lax city council has taken. We are exhausted of seeing our people and families perish on our screens like horror movie, and then being gaslit to believe that it is their own fault. It's thick and twisted, and we need you to stand with humanity and call for it to stop free Palestine from the river to the sea. Okay, so at this point in time, thank you for your comments. Um, we will continue with our uh, agenda items, and then we will return um, after item 15. Uh, we have no public hearings scheduled for today, so there's no item 10 for 11. I'm going to ask council members if they have any uh, calendar or announcements that they'd like to make prior to moving to uh, our action items. Councilmember Ballou. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. I just want to let you and my colleagues in the community know that I will be going on an extended vacation in March, two weeks, and I may be calling in remotely for the March first uh General City Council meeting in March and the first work session in March. I forget the dates. That's all. Councilmember Simon, please. Yes, the issue of concern I'd like to discuss and at least raise raise the raise the concern is all the people that have come out tonight and have come out the past two meetings. There's a total of three meetings, and we as a council are listening. Um, we hear you, and we appreciate you coming out. 
there are, as you hear, a number of sides to this topic. It's not, it's not simple. It really is not. However, what I would like to say is there's a group that's been around, it's about seven or eight years now, and um, it's called Unity in the Community. And this group has been developed years ago to address issues of hatred in our community and to resolve those. And um, this group is working towards uh, having a community forum where these items can be discussed and talked about and listened to. And nothing's been formalized yet at this time, but looking, that group is looking to get some experts together to have some compassionate dialogue to listen to people on all sides. So we are thinking about this um, and just want people to know that we are listening. We are not silent. We don't want to look the other direction. That is not, no, we don't. I know I'm getting that look, I see it, um, but we are not looking the other way. Because I agree, if you're silent, you let it happen. And there's different ways to respond to things and it's not always the quick action. Um, sometimes we have to put some thought into this. And I really believe a forum is an important way to go about it so we can have some good dialogue. And um, we are listening. Silence in the chamber, please. I, I just, I just want to hold on, Councilmember Simon. This is not a dialogue. No, it's not a dialogue. So hold on, please. There, there is no colloquy. You will not call back to him. You will not attack him. You had your chance to speak. He is speaking. He has the floor. Okay. So I just want to end and say we are listening, and I hope that you can have compassionate dialogue with us and the whole community on this matter. Thank you. Member Aguilar, please. I, you know, I understand what is what is happening. <clears throat> I'm listening to both sides. I, I think you know what we, in visiting Israel and visiting Palestine. Um, there is, you know, there there are, you know, there's a, there's a two state solution. And we need to put forth, um, you know, efforts to to come together as a whole to figure out how we approach a resolution to compromise on both sides. And I know there are a lot of folks that are not here from San Leandro um, who are speaking on this. But like Councilmember Simon had mentioned, you know, we we advocate. You know, not very often do we get involved in international affairs. I think you know we we've supported Ukraine. We've supported another country with regards to a resolution, but I think you know there was there was no um, opposition in that sense. I think in this there there's opposition on both sides, and uh, you know as someone who put forth and signed onto a resolution to support a ceasefire with our Democratic Party, um, I think here it's different with my council colleagues, and we all have to work together as a community and as a whole. We are listening to you. I do appreciate the Social Justice Academy for coming out and speaking um, uh, and putting forth their resolution. I think we need to work together to figure out a happy medium and, and compromise. And I think that you know, we, we need to work with our Jewish community as well. 
um, as they are, they are also affected by this. You know, we need to um, stop Islamophobia, condemn anti-Semitism, uh, and move together um, and, and, and stop the mass bombings in Palestine. You know, we, I see what's happening. Um, a lot of rights are being infringed upon, especially international rights. But uh, like Councilmember Simon had mentioned, oh, as soon as we get more information with unity in the community, uh, we will, oh, yeah, I, I can let you know, or Councilmember Simon can let, can let you know, we'll work with some of you folks to disseminate that information. And eventually we can come to some sort of um, process where we can pass the resolution. But as, as you know, as far as I can see right now, you know, thank you for your public comment. It's, it's much appreciated. We hear, we hear you. We're listening. Um, I just think we're, we need some more time uh, as a, as a, as a whole to move together to find out a resolution on this sense. Council member Blue, please. Sorry. I have a question for the city attorney. We kind of reached the point where we're at that precipice for brief comments. If I continue on, will it be too much talk about a non-agendized item? Um, it's, I think that uh, one round is fine for the council members. This is announcements and on issues of concern. So I would just add to my colleagues, thank you for your comments. I would just add to the people that are here tonight, the people that are online listening, and the people that aren't here. You've heard this from me before, and people take disdain against me when I say this. We hear you. But we also hear the 89-2 in the community that can't come on a Monday night or choose not to come on a Tuesday night or aren't sure they want to talk or aren't feeling comfortable talking in front of a group or in front of the council, but they do reach out to us. We get hundreds, if not thousands, of emails every month. And some are from people that are in support of this. Some are in from people that are in support of that. We have to try and balance everything. And I will not do anything in this community that excludes one member of the community if they feel threatened. And I don't think it's the right thing to do. I also will do something in the community if, if it's going to threaten others. And I think it'll be the right thing to do or something to do. But so like my colleague said, we hear you, but we have to weigh out. And this is an exceedingly exceedingly complex issue and the last thing excuse me the last thing i would say is if you haven't contacted your federal representatives yet i highly strongly encourage you to do that they are elected federally to deal specifically with issues like these thank you mr mayor please let's maintain the decor please let's maintain the decorum in the chambers so please. The soap has been refilled. So at this point in time, what I'd like to do is check to see if I'd like to see. I'd like. I'd like to make sure. If you're trying to convince us to move forward effectively, that just makes people angry. So I'd encourage you to let's focus on letting people dialogue. Don't be little people. Everyone up here has treated everyone out there with respect, and we would ask for the same treatment that this be a, a forum where we can speak respectfully with each other and dialogue. So I'm double checking, do I have any hands online? Okay, seeing no hands online, I'm just going to offer a quick announcement. I have been supporting, I've been working with my council members in the background to try to find ways in which we can get 
these forums set up, the dialogues to occur. I have met with community members. And you know, I don't use the expression both sides. I think there are multiple sides to this. So that people know I have a long background. When I was in graduate school, spent a lot of time with uh, students uh, from Lebanon. And I've heard many, many stories about the history and the background. I've done my own research over many years, and I know this is a complicated issue that we're trying to navigate as a council. Because it's easy to use sound bites like ceasefire, but the resolutions that we... May I finish without being interrupted? Can you afford me that courtesy? It's easy to say things like ceasefire, but when we look at the actual texts of resolutions that have been provided to us, they are far beyond simply asking for peace. And so what we're trying to navigate as a council is to actually achieve an end, which is promoting peace, not taking sides in a very complicated issue with literally thousands of years of history. So let us continue to work on this issue. We're working constructively and productively. That's my announcement. So let's move to item number 11. It would probably be a good time for a quick break if we could. I had made that promise so that people can take advantage. So we're going to take a 10-minute break quickly. Be back at 
So let's go ahead and reconvene. Mr. Anderson, Mr. Anderson, allow us to reconvene. It's 8.15, let us reconvene. And for item 12, we do not have presentations today by city staff, but we do have item 13 action items. And I'd like to take up action item 13A first. We've got a council discussion regarding the process for the appointment to fill the District 1 vacancy. And we've got um, City Attorney Pierota who will be presenting or introduce the item. Thank you, Mayor. We have a brief presentation that we'd like to provide at this moment in time. Again, Richard Pierota, City Attorney. Uh, next slide, please. So we know that Councilmember Reyna has submitted her resignation effective December 31, 2023. Uh, under the Charter, Section 250, City Council must fill the vacancy by appointment within 60 days of December 31, 2023. Next slide, please. And that date, 60 days from December 31, 2023, is February 29, 2024. Next slide, please. So there are no specific state laws or municipal code provisions establishing a specific procedure to make the appointment. And... No formal application is required, although in other cities and in past situations in San Leandro, where a vacancy occurred on the council, an application and interview process were conducted. The staff report describes some specific situations where that occurred. Next slide, please. For example, in 2012, the process was, as uh, provided here in this slide, uh, and again, this is just indicative of what occurred in the past uh, and is a good roadmap, uh, but is by no means um, required to be followed. Next slide, please. Staff's recommendation based on that previous slide and past practice is to adopt the following timeline. And that would mean make applications available as soon as tomorrow. And application, an example of the application was provided in the city council packet with the applications to be due February 2nd. We'll call this the application window. February 20th, a regular meeting, which is our regular meeting, second regular meeting in February, the council would interview applicants in open session and uh, discuss and debate, again, in open session and make an appointment, presumably at that meeting. If an appointment is not made at that February 20th meeting, a special meeting could be called by the council, but it would have to be before February 29th to make an appointment. Next slide, please. When the city council fills that vacancy by appointment, it must hold an election for that office at the next general municipal election, which is November 2024. The appointed council member would hold the office. The appointee would hold the office until the person elected in November 2024 assumes office, which would be January 1st, 2025. A person that's elected at the November 2024 election would hold office until December 2026, which was to be the original date of the first term of the resigned council member. Next slide, please. I'm sorry, that is the last slide. I'll be 
I'm here to answer any questions. Okay, so I'll turn to my council member for members for questions at this point of time. We'll start here and then I'll check online in a second. Councilmember Aguilar, please. Thank you, Mayor. Please, at this point in time, you're disrupting my meeting. Please stop. Please stop. Please stop. Seeing that you have failed to stop, we're going to take a brief recess. Taking a brief recess, five minutes.
Okay, so we are back in session to give people a little bit of insight on what's happening. So this, so I think there was a request for an apology. A lot of what's happening is that people don't understand the processes that we have to follow by law. We have to stick to agendas. That's, that, those are things that we don't have choices. No more, no, no more dis, no more disruptions. If the disruptions continue, we will take a vote to exit the chambers and continue our meetings with the press. So we will continue the meeting with the press. So that is the last warning. There have been multiple interruptions during this conversation where I'm trying to explain what's happening. Those multiple interruptions are the final warning after which we will take a vote. So we're going to continue with our business. When the business part is complete, after we've finished item 15, we will return to the continuation of public comment. If you interrupt our meeting, we'll take a vote, and I suspect that the result... Please stop. Okay, at this point in time, do I have a motion to take a recess and readjourn elsewhere? So moved. Do I have a second? I will second that item. Is there any discussion? Okay, let's take a vote. Councilmember Bowen? Yes. Vice Mayor Azevedo? Vice Mayor Azevedo is not on the meeting any longer. Okay, we will exit to our alternative motion, location. Motion passes. So you are eligible to continue watching the meeting on Zoom. So the Zoom link is publicly available. We okay, continue. IT, can you put the recess screen on?
Councilmember Azevedo, if you can hear us, can you put your hand up? Perfect, thank you. Can I ask a question real quick? Oh, what happened? You know what? I keep on getting dropped. Why are we in this room now? I heard something. Was something disruptive or something? I'm hearing. Yes. It was chanting. It was continued. You know, people coming back at us. So okay. we stop, guys. Stop, 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 stop. And then we're done. Okay. That's all. I was just wondering why we're in here now. Because... Okay. All right. <laughs>
Here's the question. As far as in the room, since we don't have mics in front of us or audio, is it audible to the Zoom people? Oh, there is a mic. Yeah, so if you would just speak a little louder. Wow. Yeah, speak yeah. up. Okay. And I'm currently sharing this presentation. Perfect. Thank you very much. So at this point, I'm going to give a quick recap. Sure. And we have plenty of time at this in the spirit of reminding people where we were before we were instructed. Thank you, Jack. Uh, so we know that there was a resignation that was effective December 31, 2023, for District 1. We were going through the process. Uh, we need to, the council needs to make an appointment by February 29th of this year. And if I could jump to slide six, Madam City Clerk. Yeah. Staff okay. recommendation. It matches a little. Okay. Very good. So the staff recommendation council is to adopt the following timeline. And we would need an action to adopt the timeline. Uh, January 3rd through uh, the 5th, make applications available due February 2nd. That's the application of the hard date due received by the city clerk. Is that correct, city clerk? Yes. February 2nd. February 20th is a regular meeting. Day after President's Day, the Tuesday, at a regular meeting of council, interview applicants and make an appointment that night. And could this be done by minute order? If the appointment is not made at that February 20th regular meeting, the council could call a special meeting before February 29th to make an appointment. And it could be done at a special meeting. Next slide, please. <laughs> after the appointment, the council fills that vacancy by appointment and must hold an election for that office, District 1, at the next general municipal election, November 2024. That appointed council member, the one you appoint before February 29th, would hold the office until the person elected in November 2024 assumes office, which would be January 1st, 2025. The person elected at that 2024 election would hold office until December 2026. That concludes my presentation. Okay, so at this point in time, let's take some questions. I'll do them in the room first, and then to my online council members, and we'll get you next. Yeah, I'll begin with Councilman Regular and Councilman Blue for you know, clarifying questions next, please. Thank you, Mary Gold. So if we do not go with the staff recommendation, it will go on to a special election. Do we have an anticipated or estimated cost of this that that'll cost? And does that does the city pay for that? Correct. Yeah, the city would pay for that, and I look at city clerk. The estimated cost for a special election is nine hundred thousand dollars. So are we, we're looking for a recommendation, a uh, motion to support the recommendation. Yeah, to yep to to support it and or modify it as we think would be appropriate to help us achieve the goals that we would like. I like the move that we support the staff recommendation. Okay. Like a motion to implement as well. Further questions or public comment, and we'll come back with some discussion. Uh, question. I have two questions. One, my first question is: can, between now and that February meeting that we would have interviews, can we pair 
the applicant's down in number. So we're not in the room 16 people in there. Yes, the council can do that in the past. Has appointed, or the mayor has appointed ad hoc council committee that did not touch the Brown Act to vet applicants and then they would recommend applicants to the council for But the ad hoc committee could not be more than three. Correct. Second question is, um, is would, would, what would you think about the possibility of asking every council member to come up with two or three questions they would ask? putting that in a written form, sending it to any finalist, they fill it out before they come to the interview, and then we ask them those questions in public. So that, in other words, we get a snapshot of who they are and what they believe in, whatever the, whatever the topic is. Could we do something like that to help us be more streamlined and get a more comprehensive view? No offense to staff, but this application, well, that's a comment, not a question, so I'll say that for you. I think it would be nice to have something a little less basic when we're extending on who we want to represent the 91,000. So that's your question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Other questions? Yeah. Council Member Sidemack. Yeah. For the previous, in this happened previously in 2012, who was the council member? Can you give me more background on that example? Oh, it's Did that person, when they were appointed, did they win the, the election? It was uh, 2012. Was it Prola? Yeah. No, because Prola turned out in 16, that would have been 10 years ago, it was in 2007. Yes. It was choice for that, and a person who was appointed did not run for the office. Tom did do that. Tom did that. So Georgiak was appointed? No, no, Georgiak was on. Tom is from Blue Gosh, who was a science initiative. What about this? Okay. And he did not run for the office. And then who ran? Benny Lee, right? Okay. Okay. Was it a requirement that the appointee did not run? No. Okay. Question, I believe. No, I do. And the question was that of all of all the applicants. The question was asked if they would run in the hospital. And that was used as a basis for them to be appointed. I think it was a question that was asked, so I think we shot the number for the Vice Mayor or Council Member Bowen, any questions about your background? Yes, this is Council Member Bowen. Um, it's a little bit muffled, so I'm trying to um, trying to get. Uh, it's it's hard to understand exactly what the, the conversation is in the room, um, but I. You know, I think um, Councilmember Aguilar um, motioned because I, the cost of a special election is is something I don't think that I would want to put the city through. Um, so I, I think it is um, incredibly important that we do try to narrow down the field and choose 
um, somebody that we can all agree to, um, to fill council member Vanessa's seat. We're trying to reposition in the room so that we have greater clarity of sound. We're physically closer to the microphone. Okay. Yeah, our overhead mics work based on what IT says. So I'm just I've asked council member Simon to get closer to me and also right if you can choose to move down just a little bit. Okay, coming back to you, I'm sorry for interrupting you. I'm really sorry we're starting to pick up where we were to Okay, um, um, I have a question around best practices. I know that we've seen what the council has done in the past, but I know the school board, um, San Leandro Unified School Board, also just had to fill a vacancy, and I believe Hayward um, City Council might as, as well. Can staff um, or um, the city attorney give some information on that? Best practices and how to fill the seat? Uh, yes. Catherine, can you hear me? Yeah. So San Leandro is unique in that we're a charter city and we don't have specific processes that feed other cities. Well, Hayward is also a charter city, but in the school district, they have different and very specific processes <laughs> that is defined by the education code. Mm -hmm. So for us, it's a little bit more uh, streamlined in that we have specific dates by which we have to make an appointment. And if an appointment is not uh accomplished by that date then we would call for a special election best practices in the past uh, i can only say that these practices that we've done in the past that we're presenting as a recommendation tonight have been effective in finding an appointee for past councils uh, other councils have used an ad hoc committee to narrow down applications we didn't do that at the last uh, a vacancy in 2012, but that has been affected as well. Thank you. Um, I appreciate I, you know, Councilmember Ballou's statements around the application as well. I do think that they are um, pretty general, and I would like to be able to have um, more robust questions um, as part of the, the application. So if it would be possible for us to um, include them. I know that time is of the essence and, you know, the, the, can you remind me what the date is? I don't have it in front of me for the, the applications to be due. February January 20th, February 5th. For the okay. Um, yeah, I mean, if it would be possible for us, you know, to, for the council members to submit questions and we would have to do it in a pretty quick turnaround. Um, or if there was some way to, include more questions that would be asked of all of the candidates at a later time once the initial applications were accepted that would work as well i am also open to the idea of depending on the number of applications and, and interviews that we have to do if we can interview all of the applicants and then narrow down the um the, the candidates and then have that special meeting before the 29th. I think it's incredibly um, important that we um, are thorough and I know that we have to be really, um, uh, uh, we have to be quick and prompt with this, but I wanna make sure that we do proper due diligence. American Idea Amendment, February 2nd, excuse me, council mm -hmm. budget. February Okay. 2nd. I'm just looking at my students, February 2nd. Um, 
Okay. Yeah. I mean, I know it would be more work for us as a council, but I, I think that it would be really important for us to be able to um, build out the the questionnaire more. Um, also, I know that, you know, um, I want to make sure that in terms of staff direction to, that we're sending out information across different media um, and social, social media um, channels to make sure that we give the community um, an appropriate um, amount of time and also um, awareness to be able to apply for the position. Anything else, though? No, that's that's it. Thank um, you. The vice mayor. Do you have any questions at this point in time? I do not see a hand raised, but wanted to confirm. No, all my questions got answered. Thank you. Um, I think that for me, they're they're probably ancillary related to this concept of we don't know how many applications we're going to get. It could be three or it could be 23 or some other number. And I think how we react to that is quite different. How we react to 23 applications versus three. It strikes me that we can do a lot of more analysis of three people in that one session. It's Q and A and everyone can get plenty of time. We have 23 people, there's no way. It's just not practical. Uh, so I'm trying to figure out what leeway do we have? How would we handle a large number of applications? Now, I'm not asking to define the process, but just the leeway that we have in saying, oh, this isn't going to work. We need to pivot. Do we have to have an emergency session with the council? Do we have to, et cetera, et cetera? So guide me through that. So I think it's convenient, Mayor, that on February 2nd, which is a Friday, um, that would still you would have the applications due at a certain time, and that would be the cutoff. So let's say that February second at noon, you would have the ability to amend an agenda for that February fifth in order to further refine and define the process. If you wanted to form an uh, ad hoc committee, for example, to go through the applications and make recommendations to the council, you could do that at the February fifth meeting. Uh, so there is some time built in. You could also call a special meeting to provide further direction after the February 2nd. Uh, there's a lot of leeway here for the council to make an action or take action to adjust the process. And would, so if we chose to do a questionnaire, submitted, let's say you submitted X number of questions, would we have to vote on that questionnaire as a council? So I think in the past, like Council Member Balula said, they would just, each council member would submit their question, and then that would be the questionnaire. And would the questions be identified or connected to a council member? It doesn't or have to. It would be, here are the questions. Correct. Those are all my questions. Are there any other questions? Can I ask you quickly, is that Michael Finney? Yes. Uh, I want to make sure that you can hear. 
Michael F. With your hand yeah, up. Yeah, it's, it's Michael Singer. Are you able to hear? I've heard the whole thing. Yeah, so um, I have a, 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 a public comment or question, if that's okay. Very, very shortly. We're almost there. Um, so, any other questions? I do want to get public comments on this item. Okay, do you have cards on this item? I did. However, I'll see if you don't mind. I have one public comment card from David Anderson, but he's not online. At least not yet. Correct. Okay. And then online, we have two raised hands. So this will be the time for public comment on this item, 13A, uh, about the process that the council is, oh. that the council is, is it on the phone? That the council is using to uh, select the new council representative for District 1. So we recognize that in this situation, we don't have an online timer. We think that people should be able to use their own timers on their phones, on a clock by them. And so we ask you to use that. We remind people that Zoom is a courtesy and not necessarily uh, our standard procedure and requirement. Uh, at this point in time, we're going to take public comment on this item and we will open the mic for Michael S. Michael S., you may unmute yourself. Thank you, Kelly. Uh, yeah, this is Michael Singer with the San Leandro Times. Uh, just a quick comment, perhaps for clarification. Um, according to staff notes uh, and also the presentation from city councils, um, uh, anyway, uh, they, in 2012, held it down to four as the final four, essentially. I'm just curious what that uh, threshold might be for this time around if you exceed a large number of applicants. And um, the, the sound in the room was a little muffled. So if the city clerk could reiterate what the um, cost might be if you have to go beyond February 29. And uh, is it still in the notes that you'll be voting on tonight uh, that the mayor puts together the ad hoc questionnaire route between somewhere between February 2 and 14. Uh, those are my public comments. Thank you. John Minot, you may unmute yourself. Hi, good evening. This is John Minot. Uh, I just had one uh, technical point on which I was confused, and I apologize. I also had a little difficulty hearing, so I may have missed it. But um, if a special election were in November, I don't understand how that would cause incremental costs, because it's, if someone were appointed, there would be an election in November anyway to fill the remaining two years. That's my only question. Thank you. Thank you. Hamza, you may unmute yourself. Yes, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Yeah, I'm calling to demand a ceasefire. Uh, so 
the general public comment for items not on our agenda occurred initially and has been put on pause while we take care of the city's business. And we will be continuing that after the two items that are in front of us, items 13 and 14. So hang on, we will be coming back to you. That appears to be all public comment on this item. So close public comment and then come back to discussion. So we can talk about further problems and different approaches. I will begin with Councilmember Bellew. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Five quick points. One, pretty much, it's not a surprise, I think. This is different than a campaign. This is an appointment. I'm looking for someone who has a proven track record that cares about saying, I think that's probably common for people in this position. I don't care if they're politically left, politically right, or politically center. I do care if they're about sex issues. Here in the community, we make a decision based on the best of the community. I also think it's going to be a quick learning curve, whoever it is, unless they've served before, because we've served on this council since many times. So I know that our city manager is prepared to help whoever gets the job, but I think they're going to need to be ready to hit the ground running, at least with learning the process if they have not served before, or even if they haven't served recently, because a lot of processes have changed in the last two or three years. The comment about the question of whether people would run or not run in November if they were selected, that's an important question to me, but the more important question to me is why. So that may be something that I would submit as one of my questions. It doesn't matter to me whether they would or wouldn't. What matters to me more is why they would or why they would commit not to. If we're looking for a placeholder, then we want the person that's not going to run. If we're looking for someone, but we have to be careful and mindful of the fact that this can be a backdoor into running as an appointed incumbent. So that's why the why is important to me on that question. It is a question that's come up. I'm glad someone else had mentioned it. And then I wonder if we could just schedule a work session or a city council meeting just for the interview. Just schedule it ahead of time so it's on everybody's calendar. It's always easy to cancel it. It's always harder to get one where we can all be there and all be committed to it. So I think that would be, and the sooner we can get a date for the candidates and for us, that's the candidates for the interviewees and us, the better. And the last thing is, and this is, I don't know if I'll have consensus on this with my council. I think in the spirit of transparency, I've already been contacted by union representatives on this. It's not even a campaign, it's an appointment. And the unions are being approached by people that are interested in this position and asked to speak on their behalf. I mean, it's not like they have to raise money or anything. So I think it's different than a campaign. And so I think in the spirit of transparency, I'm planning on doing it. I think once we nail down whatever this process is, I would like to see whether my colleagues are willing to volunteer to report any ex parte communications in the process. If a candidate contacts us to try and sell themselves or move themselves forward in the process in some way, I think in the spirit of transparency, we owe it to the public to let them know that. Or if the union calls us and says, hey, we really like A, B, and C, we hope you're going that direction. Whether we have an ad hoc committee or not, I think it's really important. It's in the spirit of the FPPC and what they want to do in terms of reporting campaign finances. This is a little different than campaign finances, but people like unions have a long memory. If you help get the person they like into the seat, when you come up for re-election, all of a sudden, oh, here's a little bit more money coming your way. I think there should be some sort of way to reconcile or acknowledge any ex parte communication. Not talking about my neighbor came over and says, hey, I really like candidate X. 
that's quite a different thing. That's a neighbor. But if it's an organized, any organization with a political interest, whether it's unions, whether it's other um, it would be important. Uh, and I, I think that's kind of like some, a little bit like the agreement we have with some of the contracts that we go into. And I know if there's a development or a planning, we're required to, to talk about those ex parte communications, but I think it would be a way in the direction of ensuring a fair process once the process is, is developed. So those are my thoughts, Mr. Mayor. I want to take a point of personal liberty here, and I just want to make sure that we address the questions that were asked, because I think that they're, I just want to make sure that we talk through them and get them answered. The one that Mr. Minor. Well, there was a little from Mr. Senior as well. So we know that the cost of the election would be incurred because we have to have, if we don't appoint somebody, we must have a special election. And that special election would occur before the November election. So that's the, the why. The amount was $900,000. Um, in terms of whether there's an ad hoc committee, that's what we're discussing, whether that would even come up. So I think it's too early to comment on that. And whether we pair it to final four or whatever, anything like that, that's way too early. We need to engage in dialogue and explore what we want to do as a council. And then that will be self-evident, I think, from Mr. Singer when we're done. Um, and you can feel free to call us afterwards uh, for your press story. Thank you, Mayor Gonzalez. <clears throat> I would like to piggyback off of what Councilmember Ballou had said with regards to ex parte communication. I think, you know, if we set a precedent, we have to do that with commissioners if they apply. Student commissioners who apply for commissions, it's pretty much the same thing. So I would disagree on the ex parte communication because I know a lot of us are going to be talking to candidates. Um, you know, it's the thing that candidates do. I appreciate the, you know, the, the exploration of it, but I just don't think that um, it would take up too much time because I think a lot of us already had conversations with folks that are potentially or seeking to run for office. I've gotten phone calls today and I, you know, that I have to, you know, return regarding. <laughs> so I, yeah, I think we're all going to listen to all the candidates and screen candidates that we think will best fit the position. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I respect the idea, but I don't think it's appropriate for this, for this, uh, this appointment. That's my comment. Okay. I would agree with Councilmember Aguilar regarding the departure of the comments. I would agree with a lot of input. For many different folks, and for our normal process of talking to talk with people and understanding what they're doing. So I would think that's what they would not necessarily become. Do we have uh, on the panelist side any hands raised? Yeah. Okay, so at this point, I'm going to offer some of my own thoughts. Um, I think we need to work very diligently to appoint somebody. I don't think that our city should be spending upwards of a million dollars because we can't meet some sort of consensus. So I think I 
I think we all have a meeting of those minds, and so consequently, I want to make sure that we have plenty of meeting time set up. Because if we're unable to do it in the first meeting, or even a second meeting, I just don't want to end up in a situation where we default into a million dollar payment. Because that would not be exciting for our residents, and it would, it would not look good on us. I just want to make sure that we've got however many meetings we have to do, the two meetings a week. I don't care. I think we need to make sure that we don't expose ourselves to that risk because we can always release time. It's easy to release time. Um, I have mixed feelings on an ad hoc committee. Uh, I think that it's valuable if you've got a lot of nominees. And that's why I'm a little bit concerned about our timeline. Because if we say February 2nd, and as a practical matter, that means that we get stuff on February 5th or 6th or whatever, uh, and then we try to schedule people's calendars and times. If, if we had a large number, I absolutely say ad hoc committee. Just pick five, six, seven, pick a number, four, whatever. <clears throat> then we could, by having you know, some representation from different parts, different interests, we could get that covered. So we could already, these are at least seven really good times, four really good times. I don't really think that we've got the timeline set up. So it's a very, I think we need to pull back the application date to no later than 131. I would say maybe even earlier. And I don't know how long that is. I'm open to some input and discussion. But I think giving people three weeks is plenty of time because just I think like Council Member Aguilar and Simon and Baloo, I received a number of phone calls from people already who are at least exploring the possibility. So I think there's interest and knowledge in the community. The family has a time to written stories. Be on the lookout, the application is coming. So I don't think that this is a situation where people won't have time to apply. I think the harder part is going to be deciding. Because I think we're going to have a number of qualified candidates. And how do you pick between a number of highly qualified candidates? And that might, that's where I think the, the risk lies, or the rub is going to lie. Uh, right, so you are. Maybe someone actually can actually put to the top. Uh, and, and that has happened in other situations where after all the discussions, it's ready to go. I just, I am concerned. That's the risk that we need to make. Um, so I come back to updating our process. So if hypothetically we, we close the nominations or the, the applications on that Monday, the last week, or and that would give us some time to get as a council to get a sense of who the people are. Uh, we have the opportunity to say, you know, we want to appoint an ad hoc, so we want to do two interviews, or we have just like a paring down interview session or something, right? Because right now, we don't have a formal mechanism to explore 
we develop a process for how we're going to rank those individually or just do a tally across the board or what how do we pair 16 candidates down if, if we have an ad hoc committee that might be one thing but if we don't have it can we use that set of more uh well i want to say more uh more concrete the questions that we're doing can we use that as a process to whittle it down to Whatever number you come up with, four, five, six finalists to interview. And then what does that process look like? Should we set that now or should we wait and set that after we know how many applicants we have? One one thing that we could do with respect to the question is for the sake of argument, let's assume that we end up with eight questions. Let's say pick a number 10, I don't know what number is. We could have a process, I've seen this used before, whereby Every single candidate gets scored by question. So the question might be, are you going to run again? Or will you be running in the fall? And we get you get you're you're the best answer I got, and the second best answer, you can score one, two, three, three, and everybody for each of the questions. Uh, what do you think about public safety? How can we include public safety? Whatever they happen to be, right? And then we rank the answer. And that guides, grossly speaking, at some cutoff level, the people above this line work across the six of us. These are our preferred candidates. So we can come to that. Uh, but we're kind of making nothing of it. But I would think that if we end up with an excess number, we would decide at the February 5th, yeah, the meeting. We could have this discussion but to tighten it on February 5th and say, okay, well, you know, for better, we received 23 applications. Given that we have 23, here are the things that we want to do, and we could just formalize that. But having the stuff as possibility, we've got multiple questions. Where we can score them. We could use an ad hoc committee to do the work session. Uh, if we had the joy of 23, that'd be a lot of to give each person the respect that they deserve and really listen to their answers. But I think we would take three or days to talk about it, you know, just how long that would be. Uh, yes. Practically, Season, I think it would be nice to hear from the council what is your threshold of application numbers where you think you can manage it as a body of six versus an ad hoc because that's an important number. I don't think it's feasible to put a body of six ranking 23 candidates. But I think you and you're asking for rankings on questions that haven't necessarily don't have a technical aspect to them so you would be trying to decide what is the right answer what's the best answer to are you running for office or not and yes i mean and why so i do think you're possibly looking at an ad hoc to help if there's more than a handful of candidates 
that's a lot to manage with a body of six. I'm going to talk about a number. Personal things in my head was more than six candidates. I'd be happy to think back to eight. But when you get to this 10 or something like that, you really start to become a manager. But that's, I'll just pop that out. Would love some discussion. I was thinking 10 would be manageable. Well, that might have maximum is a quite maximum. Different thoughts on what would be a maximum number before we get that one. Uh, I think 10, 10, 12. I think that might be 10. 10.
can detour a candidate from, you know, one of, you know, whatever our platforms are. You know, we all have different ideas of what we want to, how we want to move the city forward, or, you know, they don't support orange flowers. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know. That's just my thought. I'm thinking out loud. But you guys might want to chime in on that. But, you know. Just a comment. If, if, you're, if you want questions submitted as part of the process, I would say unequivocally staff needs an ad hoc committee. Because you're asking us to, we can't get feedback from council without a Brown Act meeting unless I have an established ad hoc. So we're just taking in questions unless we trust Rich and I to take all the questions and pop them out with thematic editing. We can't really function unless we're doing that, or we're just going to notice several special meetings with the full council pretty much every week until February 29th. Okay. Because we need right. to have connection and guidance to the council. If we were to add specific questions during the interview process verbally when they're there, would that simplify the process for you? Okay, can you guys hear me? Okay, I've been having troubles with Zoom all night. Okay, my, my opinion on it is that we keep the application the way it is, and then when we do the interview process, then we can ask our one questions and we have a work session like what council member Ballou said one one monday that we have open and interview a bunch of candidates that that's what my opinion is on it that's it just a quick counterpoint i think that the issue i see with that waiting is on the night that everyone's there and asking questions is if i'm the first candidate and rich is the fifth candidate i'm sorry mr Pierre Rose is the fifth candidate He's heard the question asked and answered four times before it's his turn to answer the question. So even if we randomize the order of people answering questions in that interview night, because it all has to be public, right? Because everybody in the world is going to see it. Then we run in. That's why I thought it would be good to send questions, have them submit their answers beforehand, and then interview them so that the public gets a sense of people who are answering questions without being able to add the flavor of, you know, we've all been, when we ran, we all went to those League of Women Voters, uh, not competitions, but where you talk about, you know, what your platforms are. And sometimes we garner answers or some good ideas from people that go before us on questions. It's a little bit different, but my, that was my thought on trying to do the questions ahead of time versus in the moment that night, especially if there's 10 candidates, 10 candidates, 10 questions, by the time you get to the 10th candidate, they better have the best answer. You're right. One thought that I've got on this is that you know, one of the benefits of how Atlanta Unified approached the appointment of their latest trustee is that they were able to tease out through the question prior to people coming into the room the level of knowledge of 
Yeah, I, I think it's incredibly important that we do actually um, are able to submit questions. I, I mean, it is an appointment, but it is also, and and I don't think it is the same as um, an appointment on the commission. I think that um, the level of responsibility and the opportunity to serve is, um, you know, we're, we're all doing this, and and what we were, you know, what we have to grapple with. And I would like to be able to have all of the applicants fill out that um, a questionnaire and be able to process that information and be able to compare those answers. Um, and my question about the interview is um, this idea of, um, do we have to ask the same questions to every candidate or can we ask different questions to different candidates depending on their application as a follow-up. You address that to city manager and then you can allocate city attorney if you want. Well, so I, I have kind of my HR hat on right now, but <laughs> mm -hmm. very different than an employment recruitment. And so on the one hand, I think it would be, I would advise you to have some set of questions you ask everyone so that you have a baseline to operate from. But I would also recommend that during the course of those interviews or based on their application that you can ask questions differently of different people because they, they come to the table with a different set of skills and background. So the answer really is both would be the best practice in my opinion. Okay, that's very helpful. And as a follow-up to the concerns earlier of council members submitting questions that may be redundant or that may be adjacent to each other, I also think that that is fine. I mean, that might be a little frustrating for people interviewing, but you know, I think all of us have filled out enough questionnaires and applied for enough jobs where you you know, are are trying to say the same thing different ways. Um, and it's all really dependent upon the different prerogatives of each of our council members and what we think is going to be really important for somebody in that seat. I'm gonna ask I'm gonna ask you just kind of a clarifying question as we try to get the, the process. If we were to ask questions that we submit to the candidates. 
for the position, would you say that each council member has a specific number of questions that each council member can submit? And so, not to put you on the spot, but I am putting you on the spot, what do you think that number should be? You're asking me the number of questions a council member can ask at the interview? No, beforehand. Because we're trying to talk about these pre-submittal uh, pre questions, or pre-interview questions. I think that if a council member can submit up to two, and if a council member doesn't want to, they don't have to. But I don't think that answering 12 questions, in addition to the very basic um, application right now, um, is very much to ask. Or I would want somebody that would, would want to be committed enough and to answer those questions and have opinions on and, and answers to those questions. Okay, we'll move on. That's what I'm saying. <clears throat> yeah, I'm very flexible. However, I'm just going to be cognizant of staff time and staff ability to make this tight schedule for us. So to kind of answer some of the questions I've heard about this process of asking questions at the time of the interview. So I think if we have whatever, 15 candidates, how much we have, so they don't all hear the same question while waiting. Perhaps they can be moved to a separate room, like a holding room, and not listen, and then be pulled in one at a time so they're fresh and they don't have to come up. <clears throat> the other kind of side comment to that is by giving so many questions in advance, some people don't always answer their own questions, where they will get help. And it may not even be them answering these questions. We don't even know it's them. A lot of people have campaigns that write things for them. So I kind of like to hear them, like in a council meeting, you're speaking your real mind, real heart, not something that someone prepared for. So I, I, I like the candid answers more than the canned answers, sometimes prepared by other people. And we can submit these questions in advance, I agree. Council members can submit them in advance, and then we're all lined up and ready to answer, ready to ask them. But they're all prepared, so everyone gets a fair shot. And then, like Fran said, if there are some limitations after that, we can do. But I really want to be aware of staff because I know they have so much on this plate. This just came out, and this just came up on top of everything else. I promise. Yeah. How would people feel if we did a hybrid? Every council member submits one question to be answered on paper beforehand and one question to be asked in the interview or two questions to be asked in the interview. So get a sense of people, hopefully, if they didn't have someone right. That's a very good point you bring up and some excited about people getting help in their campaigns. But you get the before question where they have to answer it, they have to give some thought and put it down. Hopefully it's them. You get to ask them that in that interview process and see how sincere they seem in answering that question and all of the Because I think sometimes we're pretty good at seeing who's taking it and who's not on the question, whether they're just reading something that someone else wrote rather than answering it from their heart. But also, just like a council member, you have to be able to be prepared with your questions, but you also have to be in the moment with your questions or with your testimony. And I think that would be a good way to test their skill of reading the room, being in the moment, 
understanding the issue, being able to recite the issue in the moment, but also being able to plan for issues. And it's also a really good chance, I think, if we do with some of the questions ahead of time, to see if there's any blind spots we have as a council that maybe they have some great idea that we've overlooked and haven't seen or haven't heard of that they put down and they bring forth. That's one thing the job interviews we always ask, you know, what did you do to improve the agency and the organization? Sometimes the answers of the, the, the lowest person in the organization will start surprise us. So I don't know how people would feel about a hybrid, like a little bit beforehand, which wouldn't take too much staff time. And in the moment, I do like the end moment. I do like where you're coming from with that. I think that's a really good point. Uh, catching them in my calendar they want to speak. But I also think that some candidates deserve the opportunity also to send us some information or some ideas. Well, to answer, I mean, piggyback on both of them on things, um, I know that when I ran for California State Assembly, there were some meeting candidate forms that we had to fill that. That's what helped like form them. So, they know what my platform is, but folks would get help to fill out applications. And nowadays with AI and ChatGPT, it would be easy to ask, you know, let's just ask for public safety and you can get an answer and, you know, paragraph in about 10 seconds. So that's something that we also have to, you know, be cautious of. Um, but uh, yeah, I think we can, you know, we can each do a two-prong approach where we submit a question that we'd like to answer and then have a question that we'd like to ask during the interview process. And, you know, I like council members' approach where we speak to folks in a separate room where, you know, they just wait to be interviewed where the answers are not going to be heard so we can hear different approaches. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, I, I agree. I think that the people should be completely isolated. I mean, I'm talking like no phone, period. No phone, no nothing, just completely isolated. I mean, I'm sorry, but you know, I might not be testing of what's happening in that room. But people have a lot of text messages in a room. And I think they need to be very cognizant of the truth of what they need to do. Which should not be nice. And so uh, I, I agree that we should have people isolated. Uh, I hope we can isolate 10 people. Uh, not 23. Uh, we'll cross that bridge going to another application for people. Um, I think we, we have broad consensus on the concept of a hybrid approach. Uh, obviously, we would expect questions that are live. Uh, and the people can ask whatever they want to. Live. You can ask whatever you want. You want to ask I don't think you have to please submit your question to your fellow councilman. That's the point of time. So that's, that's kind of where we need to be going. That's all the time. How does uh, public participation come into this process? Public questions, public comments. I'm sure there'll be lots of interesting people. Okay, so I'm going to turn to city attorney. And when you thought about the legality and what we need to do or not do, what's required versus what might be a better process. You could ask to appear in a public meeting. You would have a public comment before the council takes action. That's all. That's all that's required. If you had a series of public meetings, you'd have to have a public comment. Available for that agenda item. 
Yeah, it doesn't matter to me either. Either one. So was there um, one question in advance and one question during the meeting? That was the hybrid recommendations, right? I think that right now we're trying to with the number of questions in advance. And then the day of, we haven't done that yet. So in advance, how many would we have permission to submit? Oh, in advance, I say one, and then during the time of interview, one. So the time of interview, how about we tie in and we can ask as many questions as they about by that time? Someone gives a very short answer. We have five minutes and you count them and we can ask another. I'm going to stop you just from trying to get the process clip off that piece that you don't like. So, on pre-submission, I know it sounds like you would like to, I'm okay with that. I would like to, but I'd be fine with one. Councilmember Bowie, you'd be fine with either. Councilmember Azevedo would be fine with either. Because of the duplication, are we really close to two questions? I'm not sure. Okay, I think that if we could have two questions. Now, and you will come back to me and say, well, so what if they're substantially similar. <laughs> and, and and I think that you will know the council members that submitted the question. And so we can work together to see if we can find a quick record. I don't I don't think the two questions officially that big a challenge. The day of how much time would we like to allocate for the interview process? <coughs> Remember that we talk about bringing as many as 10 people. 30 minutes would be five hours. 
also have to think about how much time we would spend discussing and gathering information on issues. Right? There's typically a one, I'm setting so, aside so public comments, special, and really just trying to get when we have the person standing there and we have six of us asking questions, and we're trying to say, well, how much time are we going to give each person to ask? You want to ask two questions, and they have, you know, one minute to answer, two minutes to answer very quickly, you will fill up 30 minutes of time. That's what I'm trying to figure out here. Get some consensus around the amount of time that we allocate. And then we can also make the decision about, you know, one minute per answer, 90 seconds per answer. I would, ne I would not suggest more than two minutes per answer. So, 30 minutes, we want more time for candidates, or less time for candidates. We want to let they let, let kind of have like a, a straw man and then come back once we see the number of candidates. But I do think that I don't want to do all of this on February 5th. That one is more. So, how about final? I would more for a more concise, shorter interview process, and really keeping the thoughts together in a short time frame, rather than just running off. So, I am still for this as for this. We can do a time frame so we can begin to start to understand what we have to We have six numbers, six questions. Oh, we've got two questions. Particular area they're passionate about. So I think it'd be nice to get in that, that avenue. 
but I do like the idea, and this is, it, it works. It's worked with the base. So I think we'll be really good. Okay. Tell me to be busy. <laughs> Hi, Hi. 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 Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm in the house. Council Member Bowen and Vice Mayor, thoughts on what we're talking about? Yeah, I, I, I like that idea that Council Member Aguilar and Baloo just expanded on. I would also want to understand um, in asking those questions and we giving them the time, then we are not following up with questions, correct? Or we only get the follow-up question as our other minute or two minutes, I couldn't exactly, you know, however much time we're allocating to to each of us to speak. So I think that you would be able to, if I'm understanding the process and to try to read this room, that you could use your two questions however you wanted to use your two questions. One could be a follow-up, one could be a follow-up on a on an answer that another council member asked. I mean, you get two questions. Understood. I, I also want to mention that um, it is almost 10 o'clock and I actually have a hard stop at 10 o'clock. And we'll have to leave the meeting then. Okay. Uh, do we have brown well, implications in that part? I'm asking city attorney. No, we don't. We still have this one. Okay. Thank you for letting us know. Um, so now back to the practical consideration. We know that to ask a question does not take zero. Uh, council, uh, Vice Mayor, please. Yeah, I think we should have. I, I, I was thinking probably about a half hour per candidate. So we can give them like kind of like a candidate forum. We give them two minutes opening a minute or two for each question and then give them a couple minutes to close. And that'll give us enough time if we have a follow-up question or something too for half. Well, it also depends on how many candidates, if we have four candidates or if we have six or yeah. So it all depends on how many we narrow it down to. So that's my opinion. Is the formulation of the question being asked? So, candidate A, I want to follow up on the answer to Council Member Aguilar's question. You indicated that easily a time that our question could take 30 seconds. And so, to be realistic, I think we need to set aside at least 25 minutes if we're going to ask more questions. Or maybe 30, and then be happily excited when it happens more quickly. But I just don't think that from a logistical perspective, it's realistic to say 20 minutes. And then we have to get people in the room, right? A migrate down and all, all that, all the stuff that happens is just stretching time. So, how would people like to address that reality? Before we do that, I'd like to make a motion to extend the meeting to 10.30. Is that a second? Okay, that's a second. Well, I've got a motion from Councilmember Blue. Is there any discussion? Let's vote, please. Councilmember Aguilar. Aye. Council Vice Mayor Azevedo. Aye. Councilmember Blue. Aye. 
Council Member Bowen. Council Member Simon. Aye. Mayor Gonzalez. Aye. Motion passes 6 0. I mean, I, I appreciate what the city manager just said. I do, I mean, I'm, I'm torn about the idea of, of a follow-up question and needing more time, but I do think that I would rather have more substantive answers um, and, and more robust questions to be asked. And, you know, there's nothing to say we can't ask multi-pronged questions, but I, I, I do want, I, I think if the meetings have to go long, I think that if we have to set aside a significant, amount of time for the meeting, I would rather do that to give people time um, to really share um, the, the the intentions and, and the experiences and we can get a really um, vivid picture of who they are. 
Um, and I'll leave you all to figure out how that time breaks down. So what I'm gonna recommend is that we go uh, 30 minutes of minute max, and that we work on the details of how we get there. That we let those 20 minutes be pretty much regardless, and we almost perfect humanity. Excuse me. So we have the last week of January. We have time so that we can have at least some very preliminary discussions about, oh, it turns out we only have five seconds. But then that we have 25 minutes so that we can focus our discussion. Right now, we're talking about a lot of hypotheticals, but it is important that we at least begin to understand where we're coming from around some of those parameters. Is there something more specific so that we will uh, take the motion, but the, the guidance that goes with that motion is the mentality of the discussion that we have today? Does that make sense? We're going to talk to the city staff. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So I've got a, a motion to Council Member Aguilar uh, to follow staff recommendations subject to the adjustment of the time frame and the addition of Council Members being able to make questions. Um, we haven't formalized the live process other than to say that there's thirty minutes <laughs> for candidates and we will aspire to make sure that we're, we're getting our robust answers and all that. And what we can refine that based on what we see at the end of January in terms of production. And you want to designate Monday, January 29th, as a Yeah. Does that make sense? Yep. Five, 5 p.m. 5 p.m. 5 one is too late. Correct. It needs to be in to the receive by things close by 5 o'clock. So timestamp in City Clerk email box. Five. Not 501, not 503, 510. Or hand delivered. Or hand delivered by five o'clock. Yeah. Are we accepting hand delivered? Okay. So we have a motion by Council Member Aguilar. I don't know if it got a second. I'll go ahead and second it. I'm going to second it. It's really wrong. Um, I think we've had lots of discussion. Uh, we took a couple comments on this item already, so let's put it. Council Member Aguilar. Aye. Vice Mayor Azevedo. Aye. Council Member Balloon. Aye. Council Member Bowen. Aye. Council Member Simon. Aye. Mayor Gonzalez. Aye. Motion passes 6-0. 13B. Uh, City Manager, you are introducing this item on the designation of Vice Mayor. Thank you, Mayor. Council members, this is an administerial introduction. Uh, the Council Handbook provides for a process each year that uh, the Council will appoint a Vice Mayor. And so tonight we're here to, at the first meeting of the uh, 2024, to take a uh, Motion and vote on the vice mayor for 2024. Are there council members that would like to be appointed? If you would like to be appointed vice mayor, please identify yourself. Well, I have a question. I'm sorry. 
under our handbook, are there parameters about who can serve? Because I know we that went through the rules of the county council. Well, I will address this question. It's a question. The first, I'd like to see which council members would like to be nominated as vice mayor. So I've got a hand from council members. Uh, council member uh, Bowen or vice mayor Azevedo. I spoke with Councilman Bowen and she would say. At this point in time, I'd like to use clarifying questions. We'll take public comment and we'll get into the general discussion. So, my question is what's the parameters under the current handbook about who can serve as vice mayor? I'm looking for it now and I can't find it. So, would you like that? Yeah, 50, yeah, 50. Page nine. Uh, selection rules of ICS. This is in the council First regular meeting in January, council must designate one of its members to be the vice mayor to serve for one year and until successfully elected and qualified. During an election year, an incumbent running for Stanley Anderson Council Office shall not be appointed vice mayor. If a council member is running for re election while serving as vice mayor, they are subject to automatic immediate resignation from the vice mayor position. No council member may announce they are running or full nomination papers while they serve as vice mayor. If a council member is running for Stanley Anderson Council Office, valid designation shall not include the word vice mayor. Those are from your three council members. Any other questions? Yeah, my, my question, my question is, this rules handbook, is it coming back to council for reconsideration? It is in committee right now and we're doing it back. Okay, so that, that is my understanding that this is coming back. And that's why I'd like to express my interest in the right to membership and I support a provision to change that contract. I had I had no input on that. I was not here in that meeting with the voting on right after it to come back and did come back, and I'm very happy. And I'm hoping that when it does come back, we have a fair process where the vice mayorship is rotated based on staff's recommendation from the I think it was November rules committee meeting, where staff has suggested that it be rotated um, based on seniority and who hasn't recently served. So I'm looking forward to that for a full council discussion. Number one. Um, I, I think that can help answer my question that this will be coming back. Um, but I just like to feel so I would be supporting that that is supporting that. We'll take public comment at this time. There are no hands up. There is no public comment. Then we'll raise hands. I will close public comment and ask for a motion. I'd like to move to um, um, nominate Council Member Fred Simon for a vice mayor for the year 2024. Any second? Vice mayor, please. Yes, I second it. Okay. 
how did how did we get this as our most current handbook with this in the community? So my recollection, if I am unable to name, my recollection is that there had been an adoption of this handbook, the provisions that are there, and a request, subsequent request, in the form of a referral to revisit this provision. Because I think that's what they're referring to. I don't know if this provision is getting in there. So we we received a referral as part of that motion. So actually two sections that we reviewed. It was this section and I believe it was travel. We reversed that. It went so because of that referral as part of the motion, we took it to rule. And rules did not complete their discussion and asked me to bring it back to a subsequent meeting, which I was planning to bring in the first quarter of 2024. So that's what I mean when I say sitting and rules. I actually had active discussion and direction from the committee to bring it back to the next meeting. And didn't we have, didn't this come up in a council meeting recently and no action was taken? It was at rules committee. No, I, and I remember council member Reyna's talking, I think bringing it up, former council member Reyna. Uh, it was during the, wasn't it during the council meeting or am I leaving my brain here? It was a rules committee meeting in the council chamber, so no. we talked about it there. The whole council was talking about this at some point in the last few months, but there was no action on it. Well, because when the rules handbook was voted on, there was debate around the language in those two sentences. And so council member Raynette made a motion to approve the handbook as written, with a referral to staff to bring it back to rules to discuss these two sections. So we're operating under that referral during the motion to approve the handbook as written. So that's why we're operating under it as written with the referral to bring it back to the committee. So uh, the discussion is I'm a rules guy. I'm the guy that ran as vice mayor. I ran for office. I was in the electoral year when I was vice mayor, but the rule back then allowed that unless you were mayor. Now we have a rule that says you can't do that. That's the reason I was trying to get to talk to the council member Bowen, because I knew that council member Aguilar, I mean, Azevedo and uh, council member Simon wouldn't be eligible based on this. And the council member Aguilar and I had already served. So under that rotation piece of the discussion, which I'm going to make that motion in a minute, but um, I think it's really, I think it's a not a slippery slope. I have a toothache over a council that holds police department rules like like they have to follow the rules we didn't but we didn't vote on a camera system because they didn't have a rule in place to make sure that it wouldn't be you know most of drug use and so we have a rule in place that we're trying to change but it's the rule today is that is that correct for you time yeah. so I, that gives me a little bit of hard ground too but not that i don't think something or something would do a good job of observing but i think timing on the election causes me I'm very rule driven. I've always been rule driven. I've been process driven all my life. So that being said, I'd like to make a substitute motion to nominate Council Member Bowen for Vice Mayor. This is dying for a second. I'm trying to have a second. So there's a further discussion. No, I like to call the question. 
Councilmember Aguilar. Aye. Vice Mayor Azevedo. Aye. Councilmember Bowen. No. Councilmember Bowen is out of time. Councilmember Simon. Aye. Mayor Gonzalez. Aye. Motion passes for one one. With Council Member Balloon voting no and Council Member Bowen out. Okay, item 14, request of schedule and goodbye. Okay, I'm lining up seeing the hand and going to item 15, City Council Report. Uh, Health Member, let's see, who else? Vice Mayor Abdi, the Yes, I attended um, an ABDA personnel committee meeting on December 19th, and I also attended a ABDA commission meeting on December 21st. That's my reports. Okay, then let's continue with public comment. Yeah. Maya, you may unmute yourself. Hi there, thank you. Just clarifying, this is the time for open public comment or? Yes, it is. And you'll have two minutes and we don't have a timer to display. So I will ask that you monitor your time accordingly and then you will be muted after two minutes. Great, thank you so much. Um, my name is Samaya Abdulgani. I work on affordable housing issues in San Leandro and the broader Bay Area, and I respectfully urge the City Council to reconsider the introduction of an emergency resolution in support of an immediate and permanent ceasefire in Palestine. A genocide is currently being committed against my loved ones with billions of our collective tax dollars, and every minute that action is not taken risks another senseless massacre. A dialogue, as suggested by council members here today, to promote education and understanding held by a trusted facilitator is an excellent idea, but that should not preclude the urgent passage of a resolution that at a bare minimum calls for an end to indiscriminate bombing of thousands of civilians funded by you and me. The matter of preserving innocent life on our dime is not at all complex. You do not need to be Palestinian, Arab, Muslim, Jewish, or Christian to inherently know that innocent lives should not be killed. You do not need a dialogue to come to that conclusion. You just need to be human. I too am a public servant and understand the well-intentioned effort to avoid alienating anyone in this community. But this is literally a matter of life and death. Please hone in on language that you are comfortable with that meets the simple life-affirming objective of a ceasefire and pass it. I implore you to understand the urgency of taking any and every action at your disposal, starting with a resolution and continuing with a dialogue.
This is a San Leandro issue because these tax dollars are desperately needed here now at home to meet the basic needs of housing, food, education, and health care for our communities. This is a San Leandro issue because instead our tax dollars are used to murder, injure, displace, and starve the innocent families of this city's Palestinian and Arab community members like me. This is a San Leandro issue because when our state and federal politicians fail to listen to the demands of a majority of Americans, Thank you. Your time is up. Mr. Mayor, there's no more public comment. Okay, we'll close public comment. Um, we are adjourned at 10 15. Mm -hmm.